Hello, my brothers and sisters in cinema, and welcome to the Church Horror Sanctum podcast, where we'll be congregating to discuss all things horror. I'm your high priest, Jay. I'm one of your co-hosts, John. I'm another one of the co-hosts, Kellen. And I'm the dead last caboose co-host, TJ. That's what happens when we go in alphabetical order. Uh, So, welcome. Uh, We started the church Facebook group. Uh, to help with the community and join a lot of like-minded individuals to come together and just talk about horror. Uh, we were all kind of members in other horror groups. They were a little iffy at times with uh, some of the criteria. So John and I were thinking like, what if we just start our own? And I'm a very impatient person. So naturally I just went ahead and did it and I text him like, Oh, Hey, uh, guess what? Here we are. Uh, we're close to 300 members, I think, but I think it's a good time. People are sharing, uh, participating which is always great um so naturally we decided to do what was next and start a podcast As you did. <laughs> and i'm sorry I, I have a cough but so we decided to start it's this COVID. church podcast and um what'd you say it's covid it's not covid that's oh everybody thinks you have covid if you have one little cough <laughs> i thought you said it was scurvy i was like is he like a 1600s <laughs> pirate no no it's comment the black there. plague it's the black lung pop <laughs> my peg leg you cannot see but so anyways we we, we decided to naturally progress to a podcast where we can sit down and talk uh, a movie a genre an actress an actor you know uh, uh you know many many different things um but with all that being said we were talking about what should our very first episode be about and after we discussed it a little bit i think we all kind of gravitated towards the same film i like film because it makes me sound fancier um, <laughs> or film for the, the <laughs> fancy cinema the cinema but we all uh went to a movie that i consider god tier movie not only in the horror genre but in general and that was 1978's halloween so <clears throat> we all sat down watched it again some of us for the hundredth time and we're going to start there. TJ, I'm going to let you lead off so I can get some beverages inside of me. So yes. Get- yes. Let's let's bless you, my child. We will uh, <laughs> get that coughing demon out of you. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so 1978, John Carpenter's uh, technically third feature film after Dark Star was a film school project and Assault uh, on Precinct uh, 13 in 1976, I believe, two years before. That's actually what Erwin Yablons uh, first saw and made him want to go after John to do this project. They had a concept, apparently. And uh, there's there's some uh, different perspectives on whether they had a concept already to do something with babysitter murders, but then there's some books and things say kind of they just wanted to do something around Halloween, and then they picked John Carpenter, who was dating Deborah Hill at the time, and they kind of put it together. Believe what you want to believe, but it come together. I think it only had a $320,000 budget. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know what that is for inflation. You know, that's been before I was born. Um, but actually, what's what's interesting is uh, they went back. So it's like a it's like a solid like ninety minute movie. Yeah. But they went back in nineteen eighty one when they shot 
Halloween 2. And they uh, totally filmed Halloween 2. And then they were just going to start releasing Halloween to the television markets. Back in those days, they didn't have near as many spots for commercials. So they had to film 11 extra minutes for the t TV version, which has some added scenes that are mostly just filler, except for a kind of interesting courtroom scene. Uh, but they had to do that to pad because they used to only show like 20 minutes of commercials back in the day. I wish that was still a thing right. for a two-hour film. <laughs> yeah, so there's several different versions of this film, but I, I still think the theatrical version is is the director's cut because John Carpenter only took this project only getting paid $10,000 uh, if he got final cut and he got his name above the title. So that's why we have John Carpenter's Halloween. John Carpenter's everything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Every movie. Yes. Yeah. I um. I think you got, you guys would all agree it's probably top five, if not the number one horror movie in all your lists. Like I know it's something that's very recency bias has a lot to do with it, but every time like the natural answer is like, hey, what's your favorite horror movie? It's like Halloween. Like it's it's pretty close to perfect in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's been my favorite since I was a kid. Uh, it actually used to scare me as a really young kid, and mm -hmm. and there's very few movies that ever really have done that. Of course, after you desensitize and you see it over a hundred times, literally, not so much. But you appreciate those memories. But yeah. but direction, I mean, John Carpenter, one of the great directors, and a guy that stayed in genre films. It's Definitely. my personal. It's my personal favorite horror film. I uh, it gives me a lot of nostalgia vibes too. Um, like today, it was forty nine degrees when I left for work, and it just you know it felt good. I watched Halloween again today just to you know have it fresh, and it just brings back a, a special time for me when I was young. And it scared the crap out of me too. The bush, the hedges scene, the clothesline, uh, even the uh, closet scene towards the end where you know he's trying to get Jimmy Lee out of there. Like those are all terrifying. Like we're more desensitized now, so it's not quite the same. But yeah. then it was, woo, you know, like you check those closets where you go to bed every night. Boogeyman was there. He's somewhere in that house, and he's going to get you. He's in the clothesline. My grandmother had a clothesline. I'm like, I'd, I'd be eyeballing that. And I'm like, mm, mm. Mm -hmm. but you, John, you think is it is it in your top five? I actually think I can bottle the scariness of Halloween. I'm I'm going to play this, and hopefully we don't get dinged for a five <laughs> second thing. There you go. The sting. That's all it is. The sting. Like yeah. you hear that, you're immediately terrified. Yeah. But yeah, I watched it yesterday. Um, I had a lot of observations on it um, that I had really not really noticed before. I mean, as far as the behind the scenes, we can definitely get into that. But just as a film, um, first thing I noticed that at the beginning of the movie, spoilers, I know it's <laughs> a 44 year old movie. Um, when Judith goes upstairs with a boyfriend to uh, do the nasty, it is 90 seconds between them walking to the stairs up and him coming down and saying, I'll call you. Or she says, will you call me? He goes, yeah, 90 seconds. So Pump jump. Super it happens, fast. That's yeah. right, Kellen. She I, no <laughs> <laughs> I also noticed that in the beginning scene, when Michael walks outside and he's got the knife and from a scene where he's holding it and his parents find him, 
I don't know why I noticed this, but the father says, the father looks at him and they go, Michael? And the father looks concerned. The mother, if you watch her, she looks like she's checking out at Kroger. Like she just looks totally <laughs> bored. She's just like sitting there with like a blank look on her face. It's like, I don't know why I never noticed that, but that was a really weird yeah. choice of acting. Well, that's where Rob Zombie comes in to explain it to us years later. Like, right. Yeah, she has her hands in her pockets the whole time, and she just looks totally <laughs> uninterested. Oh, definitely. Um, I notice also that Myers, every time Michael is driving, if you'll notice, he's a very good driver. He, like, pays attention to the road. Even the scene where he's driving by Loomis, <clears throat> and Loomis is in front of the hardware store. He's meeting Sheriff Brackett, and Michael's turning. You actually can look in the car, and you can see Michael turn to check the road to make sure <laughs> traffic is okay. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, who taught him that? Like that was, an, right. that was a question I always had. Like, who taught him how to do that? Well, you don't really have good peripheral vision in those masks. I don't know if you've ever tried to drive in a mask. <laughs> Not that I have. Right. Yeah, never, ever, ever. And the only, the big thing I noticed in the movie, watching it again, I think, was do not close a door in this movie. Never shut a door in this film, because any door you shut will not open again. Every door they shut <laughs> this movie, in a house, in a closet, anywhere. It's like the only doors that open back up are the car doors. So I don't know if that was intentional. I'm sure it was. But you close a door, you're not opening it. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like Annie getting called in the, the laundry yeah. thing that's for some reason not a part of your house. I guess that was a 70s thing. Yeah. You know what? <clears throat> when I watched it again today, I think the, the creepiest, scariest part in the entire thing is when Loomis is going to the hospital and all the patients are outside in the dark and in the rain and just like barely lit up. To me, that's 100% terrifying because if I was in that situation... That's the one I would be scared of. A, a masked killer with a knife? Fine. But dozens of mental patients in the dark and the rain? No, thank you. But that's terrifying. Yeah, that is terrifying. And one of them was Michael Myers. <laughs> oh, yeah. And his athletic ability. Jump on the car. Six million dollar man music. Yeah, that is very similar. <laughs> um, Kellen, did you watch it today? To catch up? I did. I did actually watch it. And I I went about taking notes. I, I got online and did some research, but I didn't want to do like the typical kind of um, facts that most people would look for. I was looking for more obscure or more weird facts. First of all, it, it, I mean, like you said, it's obviously in most horror fans top five, at least. Um, and some of the, the aspects of it, I mean, there's a lot of current horror movie tropes that born in the seventies horror franchises, especially like the final girl, final girl, Jamie Lee Curtis is considered one of the first final girls. Um, the, you know, the, the appearing and disappearing, you know, he's like, he's, he's behind the bushes and then he's gone. He's behind the bed sheets and then he's gone. Um, you know, even at the end when his body disappears after being shot, falling out of the second story window you know a lot of that stuff carries on into movies now i mean even like scream and stuff like that a lot of the stuff that we see now as being kind of kitschy or cheesy was all born out of these classic horror films but i will point out the one thing i noticed and and i, I noticed it before but it never really 
hit until I was watching it with intent, like today. The scene where he goes in to kill um, to kill Linda, and he's wearing Bob's glasses and the bed sheet like a ghost. Hilarious. I don't know that it was meant to be, but the fact that he had the fourth the forethought to put on the glasses to convince her that it was Bob. I mean, funny, but then you also think that's kind of terrifying that there's this psychopathic man hell-bent on murder. His only sole purpose in life is murder. And he has the wherewithal to trick this girl in the bed when he didn't have to. He could have just barred. He's a giant man. He picked up her boyfriend and pinned her to the wall with a chef's knife or pinned him to the wall with a chef's knife. He could have just walked in and then murdered her. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that he puts on his glasses. A little pizzazz. Goes to go in wearing- yeah. What they don't show you before that scene is the 15 minutes that Michael was around looking for scissors to cut the eye holes out of that sheet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, that is like an unintentionally hilarious scene. It's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, though. Like, I just I, I love that. And like you said, like when we're watching that originally, we don't think anything about it. But when you're like paying more attention, you're like, when did he have time to do this? It's like, what is going on? It's like when I watched Pumpkinhead and realized he knew how to take the chain off of a motorbike. And then he's like holding it, dangling it, like taunting the guy. Like, who taught this demon how to do these things? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So he, someone taught him how to drive. Someone taught him how to sew and, uh, you know, fix clothing. <laughs> he had to find a bed with those sheets to take them off or they were dirty, which just makes it even funnier. If you put a different music behind that it is a hilarious scene like from scary movie or something like that yeah. like some benny oh, hill yeah. music i'm walking around the sheet with the glasses yeah. well he's definitely smart that he kills he kills her with the phone cord because the scene directly before that he obviously doesn't have his knife because he leaves bob pinned to the wall yeah so right. it would That's, be it was good be, writing yeah it would be easy for him to just go up there and stab her but under the context of what happened. So I guess, yeah, in the time where he realized he didn't have a knife, he had to come up with a new plan to kill. And that was to dress like a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's very stunted. He's like, if you think about it, he's, and they play on this in the newer films, but he's a six year old boy in the body of a 21 year old who's homicidal. So he's playful. Aren't we all? But he's right. <laughs> Essentially, yes. <laughs> it's um. I think that, de- but it is funny. That definitely goes to like he definitely likes playing with things in the film. Even when he stabs Bob, he stabs him, and he does the infamous head turn. It's like he's watching his work. Yeah. Um. I think even in the new movies, they say it's like he's a cat. He's like observing his prey as he pins it. So. Night man, uh, I have to pause for a second. You're wearing a Scott Stapp creature from Scream Two Three. Represent. It is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> oh wow! Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I was reading. I'm like, what if? What if? Like, that is. Beautiful. That's great. Uh, so since we mentioned the phone cord uh, around the neck, I th- thought something that we could all share is like our favorite kills from the film, and mine has been spoiled by Kellen. But I love when he's wearing the sheet and the glasses, and he uses the phone cord like that's. Uh, PJ Souls. That's probably my favorite kill of the entire movie. Uh, which ones were you guys' favorite kill? I think I like the pre-kill. I don't like the kill as much with, with the sheet. I like the, the playfulness of the sheet and the, you know, cutting out the eye holes, wearing the glasses, pretend to be Bob. But the actual kill I think I like the most is where he kills Bob. 
and and just <laughs> lifts him up. It shows this, you know, superhuman strength to lift this guy up and then just pins him mm-hmm. and then just looks at him like a little puppy dog, you know, which I think Nick Castle said that he was he was patterning that after watching his dog when he'll say something to him he doesn't understand and he just kind of bobs his head back and forth, you know. And that's probably how he would act in real life, you know, because he like, hmm. yeah. how about you, Kellen? Um, yeah, the Bob one's probably my favorite just because it's it's so short, um, but it, I mean, it's short and to the point. And like he like I said, it shows this this ability that he has, um, maybe superhuman. Um, the the first kill uh, when he kills. Um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Annie in the car mm-hmm. i noticed watching it again today that he strangles her for like a solid minute like and she's just gasping and kicking and then he pulls the knife out and slits her throat and there's zero blood just real quick so i kind of lean towards that because again it, it's kind of comical the fact that he's strangling her for a solid minute just watching her struggle for breath and then he just quickly pulls the knife out runs it by her throat and then she just dies no blood nothing just like okay so I, I think that shows the, you know our budget. <laughs> we don't have blood budget, so we'll just do it quick and let her slide down, and he, he can just go on about his murderous business. Um, Maybe, but yeah, the Bob one, the Bob one's definitely just. I mean, that's a top tier kill for any horror film, as far as just the visualization of it. Yeah, I think the only blood effect in the whole film that's not just dead bodies kind of lathering on a little bright red 70s blood is where he cuts Laurie Strode's arm right before she falls. I think you do see a little slash with the little trick knife. I think that's the only one in the whole film. Yeah. Oh, and before, before um, John goes, I just want to point out that for this to be a top tier movie for Jay uh, is kind of ironic because Michael does kill two dogs. So that's in my notes. I'm like, that's the, (laughs) biggest knock in the entire movie is wow. the animal killing like i think you know we probably all had discussions about this you can murder as many people as you want in whatever manner you want i'm cool with it but if you murder any type of animal i'm, I'm gonna be pissed and when i do my rate my ratings that i do if an animal dies that costs you half a star or half a space man i'm sorry it does i don't like to see it at least <laughs> this in this one there wasn't like you know too bad like you hear the dog barking, then the dog yelps, then he's just holding the dog. But yeah, I, it's still, it's still up there for me. But damn you for killing those dogs. What's, what's the what's the second dog? That's the only dog the killer one, I the remember. The first one Loomis finds when they go to the house. Oh yeah, he, he finds, yeah. It's like maybe a it's a skunk. He was eating. Yeah. He got yeah. hungry. Yeah. Yeah. A man See, wouldn't do this either. Yeah. Yeah. When it doesn't show it, it's 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 better for me. But yeah. Well, at least it's not Campbell Holocaust, and they didn't really kill a dog. That's they another just... episode. Another episode <laughs> of my most hated movie of all time. Oh, God. All right, John, what was your favorite kill out of all the Halloween kills? Um, I wouldn't say the kill itself. Like, I would definitely shadow and agree with what you all said with the Annie thing, especially Kellen. With It's kind of comical, but I do like the setup in the post of Annie's kill because I think the Annie kill – you know, you're watching the scene. You see her try to open the door. The door is locked. She goes back. The door is unlocked. She gets in. And, of course, it's foggy in the car. That's kind of creepy. And to me, the creepiest thing about that, 
And actually, to me, the creepiest scene in the film is after that, when he's Tommy's playing around trying to scare Lindsay. He's in the, the window with the curtain and the sci-fi music is playing on the movie. It's not the thing. It's the other movie. And you see Michael walking with Annie's body in the front lawn, walking into the house and he's just watching it. That's to this day when I watch that, I'm like, that's just freaking terrifying. Like yeah. that part always gets me. Do you know what that other movie was and what famous actor who was in that film? Famous it was... comedy actor. Okay, pause, pause. TJ, you obviously know the answer to this question. Yes. So we discussed earlier how do we pick our next episode? Oh, is that it? <laughs> and <laughs> I would say each, each week, uh, you know, one of us will ask the others a question, and whoever answers the question correctly first gets to pick next week. So obviously, you already know the answer. So I'm going to read the question right now and get it out of the way. You cannot raise your hand. I disqualify until, myself. <laughs> you cannot raise your hand until uh the question is done so it's gonna be john because i have no idea well he was struggling there for a second so we'll see so what what was the movie that they were watching when he came into the house i do not know the movie i know the actor john is googling it because he's looking down yeah that's exactly what i'm doing <laughs> no sorry, DJ. <laughs> dj just let him have it it's forbidden planet oh from 1954 with a very young svelte Leslie Nielsen. What about the oh, things hold from on, outer hold space? Hold on, TJ, you cut out. I couldn't hear what you were saying. Was it Forbidden Planet? <laughs> yeah, <it's> Forbidden Planet. <laughs> the thing from outer space is the second one. The first, the first one is Forbidden Planet. All right, so TJ will be picking what movie we watch for Ooh. the next episode. So congratulations. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, no cannibal holocaust. I'm not was that kidding. really your question already? It was. It was. <laughs> Since you went ahead and dropped it, I was like, let's just say. Oh, ah, well. Is what I figured. Mm. I figured, like, if we were all doing, like, even though we've all seen the movie 100 times, we're still probably doing research this yeah. week leading up to us doing this. I'm like, everybody's, any question I ask, somebody's going to know. So, to be fair, until I watched a YouTube video of 10 facts you didn't know about halloween last night i wouldn't have known that <laughs> yeah that's something that's always been in my head i don't know why like if you take me to like even middle school uh math or algebra i'm screwed but like i can remember that i can tell you almost the entire track list of the scream 3 soundtrack like there's things that are in my head that shouldn't be there and there's things that are not in my head that should be there that's Same. just how i operate same. I can't do. I can't do sixth grade math. Once, once you get letters involved, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll start to wrap things up on this uh, inaugural episode. You guys have anything else you want to cover from Halloween? Um, one thing I did want to bring up um, from the Taking Shape book. I know some of you probably aware of it or read it. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff about Halloween '78. One of the things that I um, initially did not know related to the films was um, apparently there was always the rumor that Halloween 78, the concept started from Black Christmas. Mm -hmm. And apparently originally the film Black Christmas, uh, Bob Clark directed it. Bob Clark also directed A Christmas Story, Porky's, a lot of famous comedies. And the story is that he wanted to do a sequel to Black Christmas and if he was going to do it, he was going to call, he was going to set it in the suburbs and have it on Halloween night. And years later, John Carpenter, Erwin Yablon did this film. So it's always been interesting to me to know that because it made me wonder 
whose idea did this come from originally? Was it Bob Clark? Was it just happenstance? Was it you know, coincidence? Um, I don't know. Just thought that was fascinating. I don't know if you guys had ever read about that. I did you mentioned that it was. Yeah, you've read the book. I haven't read the book. If you see, I have a lot of books behind me, and I haven't read hardly any of them. I just like to collect books, but. That was in the back of my mind somehow. So I have heard that or read that somewhere. Yeah. Actually, later after Halloween come out, Bob Clark actually did see the film, and people were immediately making, especially the the killer point of view, tracking shots and stuff. They're very borrowed. Um, it wasn't anything that Dario Argento and Italian giallo filmmakers weren't doing several years before. So, I mean, everybody was borrowing that kind of perspective at that time. But he said, uh, no, John Carpenter's thing is a work of its own, and I give it my highest blessing. So he wasn't pissed about it. So yeah. awesome. I, have, I have one last, before we move on to the next section, one last interesting fact i just found out yesterday that kind of blew my mind uh sheriff brackett annie's dad who's actually in halloween kills uh, you know when the evil dies tonight business starts mm -hmm. up uh he was only the actor was only uh charles cyphers i think was only 39 and annie who played his daughter at the time who was married to Tommy Lee Wallace, who played the shape in some scenes and then directed Halloween three, she was 29. So <laughs> he would have had wow. to get her mother pregnant when he was nine. That makes, you say he was 39. He was 39. Annie, his daughter was 29. Wow. wow. That's crazy. You know, Halloween two, like not Halloween two, but Halloween also part of the reason I think it's so iconic too, is like when you think of theme songs, that's probably top, definitely top oh, five, yeah. if not the first one. Like the that that one was great. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Fog, uh, the Exorcist, and all those. But Halloween's theme is like you play that, everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah, and apparently he all started when he created it. It was just something his dad, who was an orchestra director, taught him. It's four three time, and he started as percussion before he got in with the piano. It's just that that weird time. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not musically inclined at all, but even I can pull that off to a degree on a piano. You know, yeah. It's no big deal. No well, big. Talking about that, since we're talking about little quick facts, <laughs> just throw one out there that the score is credited um, to the Bowling Green Philharmonic. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is no Bowling Green Philharmonic. That was just John Carpenter and some musical friends. Um, but that ties into more of the ties to Bowling Green, Kentucky, where he grew up. Mm -hmm. uh, Smith Grove is uh this where the sanitary sanitarium's at reference to kentucky um the, he mentions uh russellville uh loomis mentions russellville uh, i knew a guy from russellville uh, russellville kentucky um and then along that same thing deborah hills partly credited with helping john carpenter write the movie and so haddonfield is actually where she grew up in haddonfield new jersey so cool nice. Which makes me think of just a couple fun facts with names. So Sam Loomis is the name of, I believe it's the detective in the original Psycho, of which Jamie Lee Curtis is obviously the, the daughter of the lead actress who gets killed in the shower scene. Um, Michael Myers was actually the name of a European producer that helped get this film made and marketed in Europe. And 
Uh, Lori Strode was actually the name of a girl that John Carpenter dated in high school. The one that got away. The one that got away. <laughs> How about Literally. <laughs> His final girl. All right. Well, you know, this was fun. I th- obviously, our first episode, we're going to have some kinks and some bugs and some flow issues, but we'll get through that. I think this is going to be fun. Like I, I was telling Kellen, I'm like, man, I don't want to do this. You know, like that's why you haven't seen a weirdos episode in a long time because it's like it's fun, but it's like it's kind of exhausting too, especially when you need to do research. And we were going somewhere else where you should just be able to plug and play, but we couldn't mm-hmm. at times. And it's just like, man, I just I'm just gonna stay home. But being on Zoom is much better for me because I can be at home and I can still be with you guys at the same time. Um, so I, I look forward to to the rest of these episodes. Um, uh, Halloween's right around the corner. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, TJ, you will be picking our next movie. I thought about this too, uh, which we could always talk about in the group text, but hell, we're here. If it's a movie that isn't streaming um, or one of us owns it, just have a party and just all come over and drink some beers and watch it together. We can do that. Um, I honestly already know the next movie I'm going to pick whenever it's my turn. Uh, and it is uh, only streaming on Tubi and I own it. And it is... N- n- very low budget but it's a lot of fun and that's another thing too like <clears throat> we start with halloween which is obviously god tier number one you know next next time's not gonna be friday the 13th it's not gonna be nightmare like we're gonna rotate this in and out with blockbusters with you know middle grade low budget like movies that we love movies that we know that you love uh, and movies that are just gonna be fun to talk about so it would be too cheap to just do the follow-up with Halloween, too. We need something to sw- switch it up, right? Is, is that what we're thinking? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was in my notes, too. I'm like, what's your favorite Halloween timeline? Like, out of all the Halloween timelines. It's 1, 2, 7, which is H2O for me. Same. So everybody shits on H2O. H2O is fantastic. And I got it two is. words for you. Josh Hartnett. Yeah, I like one of them. Whoever pulled off bed hair in every single role that he ever had, and nobody questioned it. (laughs) I tried to, I tried to duplicate that, but it's hard for a fat kid to look cool with bed head. It just looks like I have bed head, and I didn't wash my hair. Every single character he plays, bed hair. I haven't attempted bed hair since two (laughs) thousand (laughs) seven. I think you're a pretty, pretty big. proponent for h2o as well right yeah i love h2o that ending just it works i mean as a film it wasn't perfect originally john carpenter was supposed to do it so it didn't work out the way they wanted it to but i mean that movie it's if it would have done if it would have stayed it would have been the definitive end for michael Mm -hmm. um yeah I, i love it i think for me one and two is a great just combo on halloween night that's probably my favorite but yeah i I would probably agree i mean i think ideally one two and then h2o was kind of a fun way to watch the series yeah because at that point in time nobody thought jamie lee curtis who had already went legit she'd been in true lies with schwarzenegger trading places she hadn't done a horror film since halloween 2 i don't think not an official horror film i think she did uh when did she she do road games she did prom night that was in 80, though, and that was in Canada. That's true. Yeah. 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 Maybe road games. Maybe. When, when was sure. Fright Train? Or, oh, that's Terror, Terror Train. Yeah. That was Terror also Train. 1980. Yeah, yeah, 1980 was a big okay. year for her. So Good she year. did five horror films in a row. <laughs> she did Halloween in 78. She did uh, 
I think Prom Night was next. I, I forget yes. Prom Night or Terror Train, but they were both in 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just a few months apart, I think. And then she did the... F- Wait, was The Fog 79 or 80? The Fog 80. was 1980. It was 80, so Fog was her next thing, and she'd already cut her hair, obviously, by then. And then it was Halloween 2, and that was her five. And then she said, I did five. I don't want to be a scream queen. She was the inaugural scream queen for the u.s mm-hmm. and then she's like she had already cut her hair and was starting trading places when they went back to film the tv cut scenes for halloween one after they'd wrapped on halloween two so if you notice in the scenes that they put in the tv cut if you ever watch it she's got a towel on her head because mm-hmm. she's she had the trading places hair already mm-hmm. oh, what was your what's, what's your favorite timeline with the halloween films you like uh, one, two, H two O. You like one through seven. You like, I mean, I think we can all agree that Rob Zombie's are the superior overall. But uh, <laughs> um, Jerry Moon Zombie is a sl- so, stripper. They're good. <laughs> so my thing, and I think we briefly touched on this in, in the text <laughs> chat. So I, I, I never liked her being his sister. Yeah, I never. Mm-hmm. I, I, for me, it kind of took a little bit away from him. It became less about him just being a psychopathic killer to more of him trying to finish something. As right. far as you, know, he killed one sister. Well, now I've got to get the other sister. There's a familial bond, and I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna cut the movies up, then I, I do agree. One, two, and, and H two O. That's that's all you need. You can throw everything else away. Um, but for me, like the whole mythos in, that made the first Halloween so special as far as your, your antagonist just killing to kill. There's no rhyme or reason. This is a six year old boy who realizes that he has a thirst for murder. He, I mean, even Loomis talks about, you know, he spent, he spent eight years trying to reform him and seven years trying to make sure that he never got out because he basically sees nothing but evil in this child. And then he escapes and just happenstance, Lori crosses his path while she's dropping the keys off for her dad at the house. Who's a real estate agent. They're selling the house. He's selling the house. So she's dropping the keys off and he happens to see her and fixates on this is my next kill. And through getting to her, he kills other people close to her. You know, so that, that to me kind of what makes Michael Myers so special is he just, He's evil. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And then when you add that, oh, by the way, it's his sister. It kind of takes a little bit away from me. But yeah, if we're going to just have to pick, yeah, one, part A, part B, because I mean, the second one happens right at the same night. So it's basically just makes an extension of the same movie and then H2O. I still think like I would have loved to have seen what John Carpenter, what direction he went, if he could make it all like an anthology series of movies like he wanted to do. Well, he, like, tried I'm a, to, he tried to get rid of Michael Myers. He, that's why yeah. there's Season of the Witch. That was and I love Myers. Season of the Witch. I love it. It's supposed to be anthology movies titled Halloween, and Michael Myers was just such a popular character that he was forced to bring him back. Yeah. I think it would have worked if they never made Halloween 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be yeah. revered for sure. Yeah. Which I think Halloween 2 is the best straight-up horror sequel there is. Because it picks up literally the moment after. I, I have to watch those together on Halloween just to kind of like get the whole story, you know? 
Yeah, you're uh, yeah, you're not wrong on that. I think this is a newer like film, but like Creep and Creep Two, I think is the perfect. Like Creep Two is the perfect compliment to Creep if you've never seen them. They're on Netflix. Yeah, Creep is good. I like it. I've never I've never seen Creep Two. You don't expect sequels to necessarily be better. And Creep was like I loved every second of it, and then Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, a sequel. (laughs) And then I watched. I'm like, I loved every second of this one too. Like it just took it up a notch, like it's supposed to do. If we're talking modern, though, the uh, the remake of it in the two chapters, yeah, that's a pretty superior one-two shot. Yeah, that one didn't get as much love as it should have, I don't think. But I I thoroughly enjoyed that one as well. Um, But we'll save all that for other episodes. Uh, Again, you know, thanks for listening to us. We're the Church. Uh, Horror Sanctum, you can follow us on Facebook. Oh, are we not are we not going to give our ratings, or is it just oh, yeah, we buried, the, we buried the lead? I, mean, <laughs> I think we kind of did our ratings already, right? Like, so for for me, Halloween, I would give it like five spacemen out of five. Like it's it's perfect for me. So so nothing for the dogs. I'll give that one the exception. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often, but I, I will do it. What about you, John? Um, I mean, it's not as good as Resurrection, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I would what say, is? honestly, um, honestly, rewatching it, uh, yeah, I mean, 9 out of 10. I would say 8.5, 9 out of 10. I can find little things in it now at 30, what am I, 30, I don't even know how old I am, 37, that I didn't notice <laughs> as a baby kid, of the but, group. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Keelan? Wow. So I guess uh, scales don't matter. We've got five stars and, and, and a 10. on a yeah. one to 10 scale. Uh, kinda like the, I kind of like John's one to 10, though. It gives me a little more wiggle room to, to kind of play around with some of the numbers. But um, I'm kind of right there with John. I, I think I think eight, eight, five, leaning more towards towards nine as far as I mean, it's just beginning to end a solid film i mean like you said you can nitpick all you want but as far as just a complete beginning middle end movie it's just it's done so well the suspense builds up perfectly uh the the simplicity of some of it is just what makes it such a charming horror film um and then it's one of the most iconic uh horror villains of all time so yeah i think 8.5 close to nine and we revisit it every year like you know, yeah. I watch it every year. <laughs> it's it's a it's yeah. a holiday staple. It's like a Christmas story, or you know, Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's what a comparison. Watch, it's I mean, it's something you watch every year. It's not it's it's not even questioned. I mean, I watch The Sandlot every summer and Halloween every every fall. Yeah, same. Definitely. Well, I already buried the lead. It's my favorite horror film, so it's a ten out of ten, five out of five, whatever your scale. Five like a, like a jack-o'-lanterns seven. out of five jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, there's things wrong with it. There's technical things. I mean, there's a giant wrench that you know breaks the glass in that opening scene with the nurse. It's very obvious if you're looking for it. And you know, there's John Carpenter cigarette smoke going all over the place in this movie. And if you're that's looking ambiance. for it, that's just ambiance. It's just ambiance. You know, that's, you a, that's what you do on a budget. Yeah, that's the mood. Well, that's what you do now, twenty four seven. If you're John Carpenter, apparently. But yeah, it's it's my favorite. So I'm not I'm not that like fanboyish with most movies, but this one it's it's the god tier, like Jay says. But I'm the only one wearing a shirt. 
No one else. I ha- I have that same shirt. Kellen. Kellen was dressed for the UK. Did you get that at Walmart? I did today. Today. <laughs> I got oh, last there year. Is. There That's is. a Halloween two shirt though, yes. sir. Shut up. I didn't show the two part. <laughs> All right, Michael has joined us as we sign off. So uh, again, we're the church group on Facebook. Uh, it is a private group now because cousins and and aunties and stuff were liking things and we're like, this is getting kind of weird. So we changed it to a private group. But if you're friends with any of us, and you probably are since you're listening to this, Addis is a friend and we will add you to this group. You can search for the group. Uh, we're going to have a YouTube channel going. Uh, we'll be on all the major podcast networks. Uh, we'll probably start Instagram soon too. Um, so just keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you get on YouTube, it's just the Church Horror Sanctum podcast. It's long, but it's easy. Um, so we'll see what TJ has in store for us next time. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you over on Facebook. And um, I'm Jay, uh, TJ, John, and Michael. And thank you guys for listening. Keep it spooky, guys. Later. Keep it spooky. Later.